This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Sky Blues Extra. Hello and welcome to the Sky Blues Extra podcast, proudly sponsored by Dylan's Brewery and the Sky Blue Tavern. And my name is Ross Cooper. And today I'm delighted to be joined by Matt Trutwin. Matt, it's the first time in a while. How are you doing? Yeah, it's been a little while. I'm I'm all good. Obviously, disappointing in the end this weekend with the scoreline but uh but yeah all in all all in all pretty good how about yourself yeah not too bad mate not too bad you were saying just before we came on kids parties today yeah <laughs> so you're exhausted the classic sunday afternoon uh kind of activity for a, for a dad but yeah it's uh not too bad he just runs around and uh ties himself out so uh can't be too bad yeah exactly and then jumping on to do this kind of his extra podcast i mean what, what a what an evening what an <laughs> evening um so of course um as always sky Army, thank you for listening today on this episode we're going to obviously review uh the norwich city defeat the uh 12 game unbeaten run for the sky is coming to uh an unfortunate end away at Carrow road and then we'll also have a look ahead to tuesday night's fa cup fourth round replay at home to Sheffield wednesday as we finally see the back of that sheffield club hopefully for a couple of seasons because they'll be going down. So uh, we've played them enough uh, this season. But Matt, let's get straight into it. Um, Norwich, I mean, me and Dean spoke uh, on the preview pod last week and I, I actually went for a win because I, I wanted to be positive, but I, I did beforehand spend about five minutes justifying <laughs> why I f- thought we might lose purely because I don't know what it is. We seem to have a, a bad, uh, you know, bad record there. And I mean... Yeah, what's your over, overriding takeaway uh, from the sort of result and performance as a whole before we dive into it? Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I, I was able to do a little piece with TalkSport 2 in the week and, and they asked me a little bit uh, looking forward to the Norwich game. And it's one of those, for me, I would have been happy taking a draw away from that game beforehand, more so with the fact of there's nothing to suggest to me that we, we can't beat a Norwich in this league for any um, particular reason. 
it's not a place where we obviously have happy memories. So maybe there's a little bit of that which comes into our thinking as fans, but also they are um, one of the teams I think that will end up be being in and around the battle with us when it comes to the playoffs. So going there and being able to take a point off them, for me, wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world. Uh, and obviously we know we're dealing with a few injuries and not coming into it on the back of a great performance against Bristol City, even though we were able to get the late equaliser. I would have been happy with the point, to be honest with you. But yeah, I think like a lot of Cod fans would have said, we, we feel like we can go there and win. But at certain points, you're just going to have those days where maybe it doesn't go your way. I, I think overall performance, you know, it kind of fit into a bit of a routine that I'd expected. And I don't think the natural fit of the game also necessarily massively doesn't suit us because I expected Norwich to maybe have more of the ball. I don't think that necessarily hurts us too much. Um, we play quite well, pressing, winning the ball back and then trying to hit um, with pace. So, and obviously the first half, they probably had the better of it, but still majority of the half, I think we kept them at arm's length. Obviously, I know we'll get into the details a lot more going through the pod, but it felt like that normal routine with us, you know, we kept them at arm's length for a period of time, managed to grab the goal and had the opportunities maybe to go on and, and extend that lead and probably would have seen what we've we've ended up seeing quite a few times over the last couple of seasons on our way days. You know, Millwall, Sunderland, uh, Middlesbrough, we've, we've seen it this season where we've got that goal and been able to go on and, uh, you know, and kick on from there. So that obviously was a pivotal part of the game. And unfortunately, I guess when you talk about the fact of, as you say, that unbeaten run for us, you're going to have those weeks where maybe a little bit of the rub of the green doesn't go your way with with, with certain moments of the game. And and obviously this weekend was one of those examples. So certainly not a doom and gloom loss for us. Um, in my opinion, I think law of averages, you're going to lose certain games and law of averages, you're going to have those moments go against you. And I think that's what happened to us on on Saturday afternoon, unfortunately, you know, it's um, it's obviously ended up seeing us go down to a to a defeat. Yes, yes, very um, spot on. Agree with everything you said there, Matt. Let's before we dive into the sort of the nuances of the game, the lineup obviously um, coming off the back of that draw uh, at home to Bristol City. Uh, obviously, we knew Ben Sheaf had got injured in that game and was going to be uh, obviously out for this game. What did you make of the lineup? Make up of the lineup? Obviously, Ellis Sims getting a start after obviously coming on and scoring. You know, had you right on the left, Sakamoto. I mean, it looked a really attacking lineup because I remember Dean last week had sort of, you know, thrown the idea out there that would Mark Robbins see this fixture because we've not been very good there as like similar to like the Leeds away, you know, where he plays a lot of defenders. But yeah. it wasn't that. He, he went for it. And I think that's testament to show the belief that we've got. I mean, were you, were you pretty buzzing with the, the, the team when you saw it? Yeah, I was excited. I think the only one which was uh, maybe not even surprising, but maybe a bit more of a question mark. Maybe I thought we might have gone a different way was the centre midfield partnership. Yes. I thought with yeah. the weight of what happened in the week and everything else, I expected Sims to start. I don't know about how how you felt with that one, but I, I would have been surprised if he I hadn't agree. started. Um, but centre midfield, I don't know. I, it's going to be a bit of trial and error for me in, in that part of, the pit, part of the pitch now, because obviously we know following the game we, we already had an idea it was going to be some, a certain period of time without sheaf um i think there's going to be a trial and error to see what's our best combination in that stretch of time without sheaf because um you know we'd obviously had a little bit of a insight into torp over a couple of games but not fully seen exactly what he can do but you're hoping he's the person who might step into the team and then it's a question of okay who kind of i guess 
goes alongside him the best, who maybe fits him the best, because you hope he makes a starting position his own or, or has the opportunity over the coming weeks. Um, so you might be looking in saying, OK, we need to lean into the areas where he gives us maybe even an advantage over Ben Sheep. But what do you then need to do to account for that from a more defensive standpoint? So I was a little bit surprised, actually, that he started Jamie Allen. I don't know if you felt the I same agree. Or... No, it was. It was. Yeah, I, I thought it was a surprise. I think Torp starting is something that everyone sort of wanted to see after his sort of impressive um, you know, league sort of debut uh, against Bristol City. But yeah, when I saw Jamie Allen, and then there's captain. He's clearly the next in line, isn't it? It goes yeah. like Sheaf. Then if Godden's fit, he'll be captain. If he's not yeah. in, then it's Allen. I mean, you you just wonder who it would go to if Allen wasn't <laughs> playing. Um, but yeah, I was a little surprised. But I guess you know, like like we sort of discussed before we came on. We and I know I've seen a lot on Twitter about you know our options in midfield. But yeah, I'd remind people that we've actually. Bringing Torp in means we've got more options than we'd had at the start of the season. You know, mm. um, Ben Sheaf got injured at the start of the season, added, as did Liam Kelly, and Hamer was sold. And we literally had Eccles and Allen for literally it, what felt like an eternity. And people were starting to panic that if that's mm. the midfield we've got all the way up till January, we'd, we were going to be in trouble. But obviously, you know, people got back fit. We switched formation, allowing Latibodier to, to be an option there. And we brought in Victor Torp, who, you know, we'll get onto him, but, you know, he's looked very, very impressive. Suddenly, central midfield looks like okay there is still competition for places there and maybe he felt like Jamie Allen's energy you know could sort of you know bring something but I sort of expected to see Eccles with, with talk mm. to be honest but but then having said that Robbins has been talking in the last couple of games about needing to take Eccles off in certain matches because of tiredness so maybe it isn't a complete a complete surprise um mm. that being said what did you make of the, the first half performance um Matt I mean, it didn't really surprise me, to, to be honest. They came out quite, um, I don't know, they, they kind of pushed us really early on, had a couple of opportunities. Yes. Um, but I still felt for a majority of the half where they probably had more of the ball and maybe felt like they might be a little bit more threatening. I think a majority of the game actually was kind of at arm's length. And that's how it's felt during this run for me, even in those games where you're playing against a team who are you know, on paper, you might say as good, if maybe not a bit better than us. Um, they've they've still largely been kept at arm's length for a majority of the game or through spells where they've maybe had a little bit more of the ball and, and pushed on. So, and that's how I felt in the first half. I, looking at the stats, I think, you know, they dominated when it comes to the overall number of stats, but they also dominated when it comes to, to shots from outside the area. So they weren't, in my opinion, kind of breaking us down with ease, getting into really clear-cut opportunities and looking really like the, the goal. They, it didn't feel like they were knocking on the door. No, the no, it half, didn't, did it? Opinion. No, no, it felt like there was a little, I, mean, I think Robin sort of summed it up quite nicely. You know, the first half, they had a couple of, they got into some like half decent areas, you know, yeah. where you thought a final, a, another good pass or something could cause a problem, but but that never yeah. seemed to happen. I mean, you know, you, you're saying them obviously yeah, in possession and everything like that, you know, they had, you know, a lot of, you know, dominate those sort of stats. But the key stat that jumps out of me is big chances created. This is over the whole game. Mm. Three for us, one for them. Big mm. chances missed, two for us, zero for them. You know, and and I think that ultimately, regardless of everything else in the game, that that that's the difference in the in the result, along with obviously the red card, which we'll come to. But it felt like watching the first half. I mean, it's the first time I've seen this go to Carrow Road. And like for long periods, 
you know, they were letting us have the ball, do you know what I mean? And we had our centre-backs on the halfway line and we were getting out wide and we looked composed. We just, it felt slightly pedestrian tempo-wise. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that, and it felt like our front three were all just slightly off it. Did you, did you, did you yeah. agree? Just sort of yeah. ever so slightly, but I don't know, it wasn't quite as, um, we've seen some really sort of succinct performances, haven't we, sort of from that front three, you know, and, it just felt everything was just just ever so slightly off in that first half. Yeah, I mean, maybe two teams feeling each other out a little bit as well. But as you say, we were able to kind of move the ball around for periods of time quite comfortably. Um, I think what stands out for me at the minute with us being so well drilled. So those opportunities where maybe they got into good positions, even maybe caught us out in one area, but we were so fast at, at getting back and getting cover. And it was a ball over where Thomas got caught in his heels a little bit, but Kitchen was straight over to, to kind of nullify the, the threat. I think one of the, you mentioned about our centre-halves kind of moving forward and coming into good positions. I think we got caught out with Kitchen in one of those situations. Um, but Tork was able to, to drop back and kind of make... Um, a, a tackle where it looked like it was about his to reading of the game is very good. Like, I mean, that's yeah. what really impressed me that he seems to have really adapted sort of um, incredibly quickly. You know, when you compare the fact that he hadn't played for five weeks just in general because of a winter break in his league, and you compare how long it took the likes of Van Abak and Haji Wright and Sakamoto to all settle in the, from the summer, you know, yeah. for him to come in and he looks like a leader, you know, he looks like mm. he's sort of, you know, talking and, and vocal and. He reads the game ever so well, very very calm. And, I mean, he did the, probably the, the thing that sticks out in my mind from that first half was when he picked the ball up 25 yards out. And again, you know, mm. it, it was an unbelievable effort. It dipped, yeah. ju- I mean, just over the bar. And you think, this guy's clearly got something about him, hasn't he? Yeah, it's, an, it's a, another threat. You know, we don't maybe um, take into stock having that ability to... He starts to make a bit of his name for himself of you know those kind of efforts, scoring those kind of goals as well. That teams are going to account for that, and it's going to open up opportunities in other areas. Yes, as well. of course, it's going to maybe change their mindset of how they can defend against us to an extent. But if they push out to him, him, suddenly steps. he might be able to. Because he clearly can make a pass as well. He can then slip yeah. a little through ball into out, you know, inside to Sakamoto or O'Hare, and he can take up those little pockets. And yeah, I think it adds another string to our bow, doesn't it, in terms of you know threats. Yeah, and he's going to be massively important. Obviously, we know with Sheaf being out now for a, a sustained period of time. So his ability to come in as a leader, somebody who can have an impact straight away. You know, we talk about the players in the summer maybe not being able to do so as quickly, but obviously they've got to do it amongst a bigger piece of new players coming in. So they're all kind of finding their feet at the same time. And that can be a bit more tricky. I think obviously he's coming into a team which has started to to find its feet and establish itself and he can add another, I guess, string to our bow. So yeah, we we do look really, I guess, as an, an overall piece, we do look really well regimented, well drilled. You know, if somebody maybe gets caught out a little bit or if we press in and, and they're able to pass in behind one or two players, it seems like people know what to do to react to those situations. And um, and he's slotted in nicely. He's going to be massive for us, obviously, over the next six to eight weeks. But I think we might see a bit of trial and error. You know, we've obviously, we'll, we'll touch on Sheffield Wednesday a little bit later on. I'd expect talk to play but I think he might be alongside somebody else in centre midfield um, to, to see what combination works um, best from that perspective but as an individual player he looks another fantastic he, recruit for us he really does doesn't he he really does and you know that that was pretty much it for the first half um, and I think we all sort of were hoping and expecting um, 
you know, us to step it up a gear. We all felt like on our, you know, Skybiz Extra chat, we were sort of, I think the consensus felt like we're in this here and we hadn't created a guilt edge chance yet. And we, we've been scoring goals this season and particularly obviously in this unbeaten run. So that was something that yeah. I think gave, get, you know, get, gave us confidence, wasn't it? That actually we're going to get a chance and we couldn't have asked to start the second half in, in a better way, could we really? I mean, you know, a couple of minutes into the half, um, again, you know, Torp involved, O'Hare then doing, you know, that's what he brings, isn't it? Running into the box, being quite direct. They can't touch him, otherwise they risk giving away a penalty. And then he chops inside. And then it's a beautiful finish from him, isn't it? Um, to yeah. to kickstart the second half in, you know, meaning like we, you know, starting as we mean to go on. Yeah. This goal, I think, encapsulated the two main areas where O'Hare seems to have come back and massively improved from the player he might have been, you know, pre-injury or even a couple of seasons ago. I remember talking on the pod a couple of years ago and um, and it was quite a recurring theme for us to be talking about opportunities that O'Hare missed, getting into good positions and, and missing those opportunities. And his composure in front of goal seems to be on a different That's level. been a massive difference, isn't it? I used to call them the mm. Calamo hair tickles that he used to just <laughs> tickle the ball into the goalkeeper's yeah. hands. He'd do all the hard work and he's finishing just like he just would never connect with it, would he, properly? And it would just be yeah. like really soft. But I think you're bang on. I think the goals he scored and you look at them, you go, he's really, he's clear. That's something that's massively improved. And to, to show that yeah. composure, to put it in the bottom right corner uh, and give us the lead at that point was was great. And then what did you make of the celebration, Matt? Uh, yeah, it was, it was an enjoy. I like the fact that Hadji Wright was involved more than anything. <laughs> so I feel like he almost seems kind of this shy guy who's almost smiling in the background but doesn't get as overly involved. So I don't know. He's probably a bit of a gamer or well, What whatever, do you think of but... driving? Driving a bus? I mean, if it was a bus, where's Max Biamu? He, he loves driving the bus. <laughs> he'd, he'd be getting jealous, wouldn't he? Um, he is known to go to a game. He might have been in the stands. He but may, no, might have been. So, yeah, it was a nice moment. I... Uh, and I, I just touching back on Callum O'Hare. The other thing for me is his physicality overall as well. You know, his his strength. Um, he, he's not the player he was two years ago in terms of being maybe as easy to bump off the ball. And he was one of those players who probably referees had a little bit of a mindset of before a game of thinking. You know, this guy's going to go over and he's going to try and buy free kicks. Sakamoto esque is what you're, yeah. you're almost you know where little bit yeah. Yeah, and I think he's now got to the point where I mean, even in the goal, he, he does get a little bump from behind and he doesn't go flying over and no. or the dramatics or anything like that. He stays on his feet, he regains his composure, brilliant little turn inside and a great finish. And yeah, I enjoyed the celebration. It was very, and then then and almost, you know, we had a quick free kick, good thinking by Jamie Allen, um, and then a, a ball played up uh, the left channel a couple of minutes later and, and had you right, Perfect position. That's where you want to see him. And he opened his legs, used his pace, running down the left, cut inside. He did everything right, didn't he? And then the finish, and even the finish, it wasn't at straight at the goalie. He's trying to go in that yeah. far right corner, similar, basically put it where O'Hare put it. And he's just not got it quite in the corner enough. And the goalie's made a save. And you look at that and felt like 2-0 there. And that, that's that's game set and match, isn't it, at that point? Because, you know, not listen, listen this is all I'll say about Norwich City is that they, and I know a few Norwich... Uh, fans they'll be the first to admit that their fan base is probably one of the mm. least supportive in the league in terms of like yeah they just turn on their players backs and i think at 2-0 i think uh, that would have been game over because we could have then just yeah. adjusted what we wanted to do and oh, it just felt like a big moment didn't it you know yeah yeah chance. it was it, it was obviously if i i agree i think if we score that 
that goal, it's pretty much game over. You know, it's not a ground where you kind of think, um, yeah, they're going to get behind their team in those difficult situations. So I, um, I, the only thing I take from it overall, more than anything, is I compare what I saw from Hadji right in that moment even, or in that, that whole situation of how he created the opportunity versus what I think back, you know, three months or earlier on in the season, it's a completely different thing. I was thinking earlier on about the game um, and the commentator described him as cumbersome. And I was like, that actually is pretty accurate. That's how he feels. It's almost a bit, like he gets caught up in his feet and you know, he's got these great uh, athletic, you know, gifts, I guess. He's, he's a very quick guy. He's, I'm sure he's got he's, he's got the power and he's got the ability to go away from players and and everything else but he just didn't seem to have the confidence or whatever it was it wasn't quite clicking for him at that point and i watched you watched that situation in itself and you think he's what maybe about 10 yards in their half way out on the touchline he's got a defender nearby he glides away from him absolutely glides away from him at pace you know the guy the defender's obviously running back with no ball. He's got to run away with the ball and he's absolutely gone away from him. He takes it inside really quite nicely and it's there for him and he creates the opportunity. Fantastic. You know, if he obviously could kind of get a bit more whip and a bit more bend on the finish, then you'd be like, that's an absolutely outstanding goal. So the opportunity's there and obviously, yeah, there was... Um, it's a disappointing finish, I guess. But as you say, it's not straight at the keeper. He's put it to the side. It's a decent save from the keeper. He could do better with the chance once he's there. But I think overall, you were also saying, you've got to take into account, he's created that from well, well, exactly. very little. Exactly. I think I think that's... And even, even on Tuesday, when I thought he looked against Bristol City, when he, I thought, looked visibly rusty. I was like... Yeah. Even in that game, the one thing about Hadji Wright, is he gets chances, like mm. no matter what. And even Bristol, when I thought, wow, he still had that header against yeah. Norwich. He had that shot in the first half, and then he had a obviously the big chance we're talking about in the second half. A game don't games don't pass him by without him being involved. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And him having the uh, the opportunity to affect games. I, I look at him and go, he keeps doing that, and he's mm. gonna he will get back to the form that he was showing before, and he'll end up on 14, 15 goals. And probably like mm. eight, nine, ten assists, and we'll all look and go. Actually, stats-wise, who can argue with that? that that's what yeah. he's on course to do. And I think if he keeps getting those opportunities, you know, he already looked miles sharper on Saturday against Norwich than he did, you know, on Tuesday against Bristol. And I think that will just come yeah. with 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 game time. And as, as you say, it was it was one of those. Um, we were made to pay though, in co typical Coventry City fashion though. Norwich made a, a double change. Um, bringing on Ashley Barnes and uh, Ono Hernandez. And Barnes was involved. Uh, I don't know, a long ball out, crossing, didn't deal with it first initially. Barnes had a shot, bounced back, and Sargent sort of volleyed it in from close range. Nothing too much that Collins could do. What, it just no. felt a bit poor, though, didn't it, all in all, that goal? Because that was actually at a point, and the Norwich City commentators were saying this, that was mm. their poorest spell in the entire game. Like, we, we felt yeah. like in cruise control, and we just... I don't know. We just let them back in. It wasn't like, where do you put the blame on, on that goal, Matt? Because it, it wasn't like one individual howler. It just felt no. a little bit soft. Yeah, it was frustrating. Um, I, I think what's maybe the most frustrating part is they obviously, they spread the ball out. It looks like the guy's offside. I know there's been a lot of talk about that, but it is what it is. They kind of bring the ball back away from goal after that. So it's not as if we can say they've, 
you know, gone from an offside position and straight away scored. They kind of bring it back and in. It's a really simple one-two. I think that's where Ashley Barnes was involved, where they're able to get to the byline quite easily. And that's the part for me that was probably the most frustrating. Past that point, it's a relatively decent ball into the box. You know, I think is it Bobby Thomas who gets a flick on to take it away from the immediate, I guess, six-yard area. So you can't really argue that too much. And then it's... It, there's a lot of fortune, I guess, from there. You know, they, they obviously get the shot in. It kind of bounces up quite nicely for Sargent and he's able to get the shot and I think he takes it relatively well as well. As you say, I've seen a couple of people kind of putting a bit of blame onto Collins. I think that's fairly ridiculous. It's about eight yards um, out and like... Yeah, like he's got defenders in, straight in front of him. I think yeah. it's pretty silly. Even though he's got a hand to it, I think you can say he should be saving it. So but when you say you um, see people saying that, uh, Dino's the the ringleader, isn't he? <laughs> oh, oh, is he Dino? Probably, <laughs> probably he hates. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, yeah, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's what people do, isn't it? They'll use these. I guess half. I'm not saying Dino's necessarily <laughs> done this, but uh, he might have done. Um, but it's those kind of half opportunities to go. See, you know, everything I've told you about this person was was right it's natural i guess it's nature when it comes to footballers but yeah I, there's not really much collins to do but i think after the point of that one two which is really quite it just seems like we switched off a little bit we all put our hands up for the offside or the defense puts their hands up for the offside but then they come back and it's almost like we've maybe switched off for that half it's, second it's mad and they're able to get to the byline really easy i i can i can confirm that he is a, a yard onside i've seen mm. Okay. Yeah. Cam. yeah, and he's he's so on. So it's just a terrible yeah. defensive line. Um yeah. and, and and obviously then poor defending from that. And but at that point, what are you thinking, Matt? You know, they've equalized, but it felt like okay, we can, you know, there's still plenty of this half to go. Um, you know, we've got half an hour uh, plus stoppage time. And then eleven minutes later, and again, you know, in that ten minutes wasn't much happening, and then suddenly mm. one ball's through. Kitchen dive, like dives in because he has to make a challenge, and then red card. That's his second of the season. He's 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 clearly seen Hamer and gone. You know what? I'm going to break your record, mate. <laughs> for, step up into that role. Yeah. I mean, again, this is this is divided opinion. I've seen some people say, "Oh well, even on our ask, I was extra chat." You know, do mm. should he make the challenge? Should he not? Where do you stand on it, Matt? He's got to make the challenge, as far as I'm concerned. You know, what kind of response would we have if we lose that game 2-1 and he's just let somebody walk straight through in on goal to to have what should be a relatively easy finish you know it, hindsight's a beautiful thing and everybody in hindsight could say well we've ended up losing the game and now we've lost him for two games but you can't let people walk through as a as a defender to have a relatively straightforward finish on goal you know it's he's got to go for the for the tackle so um so yeah, I, I that, that's yeah, yeah, as simple as that. I don't know if you agree, but no, I, yeah. I agree, I agree. I think in, in that moment, that from the moment we our midfield shape was just out in that moment, and and whatever happened, you know, because the thing is, we just made the point to make out is, is Kitchen was sent off in the seventy first minute. We had just made changes, yeah, and and we and every, everything in the midfield just seemed like completely off. I mean, he had just mm. taken Torp off. And brought Eccles on, and and then they, I don't know, there was just this enormous space for them to play that mm. ball through. And look, in that speed, that moment, Kitchen's Kitchen obviously backs that he can he, he can get the ball. Um, yeah. So it's one of those. I feel like he's unfortunate. I felt like his mm. first red card against Sheffield Wednesday was never a red card, and this one, I mm. feel like he's been put in a position where he's got to try and make a challenge. And you know, another time, another day, he might against another striker, he may well get a touch on the ball, and it, it's fine. But. <laughs> Remarkably, they obviously clipped the top of the bar 
from that resulting free kick. But for the next 10 minutes or so, we were the better side with 10 men. Yeah. We suddenly probably had our best spell in the second half other than the first 10 minutes of the, the, the first half when we scored. We suddenly yeah. had it again and Casey Palmer came on like a man possessed. I mean, if, if he clearly he's on a step over bonus, he must get an extra <laughs> 500 quid per step over because the, the step over that guy does, it does make me smile. Um, but what a lovely move. I mean, that this is the yeah. other big chance on the stats where it says big chance missed. Wonderful intricate play. Palmer, uh, O'Hare, Allen, lovely little back heel sort of flick to Palmer. And you just think you're waiting for the net to bulge. I mean, mm. huge, huge chance. And you just know if that was Norwich, that's in the back of the net all day long. Yeah. Um, yeah. Frustrating, wasn't it, that one? Yeah, it was. But as you say, more than anything, at certain points, again, people are talking about it, saying you know, he's got to score and all this kind of... You know, he's so instrumental in creating that opportunity with what he does in the middle of the pitch. You know, wins the ball, turn in and out a couple of times, shows strength to get away from his man or hold his man off, gets the ball into O'Hare. And it's a lovely bit of football, to be honest with you. And I think, Great play. Um, you know, again, could he potentially do better with a shot? Possibly. I don't think it's the worst shot in the world either. He's kind of digging no. it out a little bit. Um, so it's just one of them. It's a good effort on goal. It's Hits a it solid... fairly well, doesn't he? Yeah, it's a it's a strong strike. It's a relatively good save from the keeper. It's not a worldie or anything like that that people might say, but it's just one of those. It's a great bit of football, and unfortunately, it it didn't go in the back of it. No, you you almost feel like with that, if you've been, if, I just I almost feel like I don't think the keeper would have saved it at all if it had been like mm. lower. I think yeah. I, I think he's only saved it because it's probably at the point it's got to the keeper being at you know, in the vert commas, the perfect height. Yeah. And it's sort of almost like, you know, you've got your arms span out. Uh, I feel like, it, I feel like he's, I think if he hits that palm and that's sort of low across the grass, I think that's in the bottom mm. corner and the keeper don't have a chance at, at saving. Yeah. Um, almost, yeah, again, I think ever so slightly higher, ever so slightly lower. I think honestly, I think it's in the back of the net. Um, mm. But it, but you look at it and you go, that's potentially a goal of the season, you know, if, mm. if, if he scores that because of the intricate play bit, you know, before. Yeah. So we were looking, we were looking at threat. Again, there was another opportunity. You, I think you remember this, Matt, when Alan, Alan broke and mm. all he had to do was he had Palmer to his right, he had um, right to his left. And all he had to do was play this pass. Uh, I know, sorry, not Palmer, it was Van Avak, sorry, he had bombed up, but literally ran all the way up. Alan, all you had to do was make this simple pass and he somehow passed it straight to the Norwich guy. And I felt for Van Abak because he literally sprinted the entire half. And it's those moments for me, mm. which I'm like, I'm not saying we would have scored because Van Abak would still have to put a cross in, but it was a, it was a really good opportunity. And we never yeah. even got to see us have a chance from it because we somehow, the easy part, which is just the pass out wide to Van Abak, we, we mess up. And that sort of summed up Alan. Alan's performance for me. Like you do some really good things, Jamie Allen, really good yeah. things where you go and yeah, sometimes he shows a bit of pace, like driving forward with a ball. Like that move, that move almost encapsulated Alan for me. Like we'll mm. bring it out and you think great stuff. And then when it just matters, like the simple thing, he sort yeah. of messes up sometimes. And it's so frustrating because I feel like if he just ironed those things out, he wouldn't be getting some of the flack that I've been seeing from people because I, but I think because it's, he almost does the hard things quite well at times, but the easy things mm. are the things that he messes up. And that's what people remember. Yeah. I don't know if you, what, you, what your thoughts on it are. Yeah. I mean, Alan is a, is an overall, it's one of them. I, I know everybody kind of, it almost feels like Alan is almost, I mean, maybe alongside Kelly uh, off the top of my head, he's kind of like the last remnants of 
a pastime, which was an enjoyable and pleasant memory of, of um, you know, a period where we, we got promoted from a lower division. But it's almost like it feels as though as a club, we've moved on to a level. So almost people think, okay, well, we should be moving on from, from, from those players. And Alan is somebody who overall, yes, we probably as a club are moving to a to another level um, when it comes to overall ability. But where we are right at this moment in time, Alan is somebody who can still, in the right circumstances, come into a team and have a positive impact. But he probably isn't. He, he is now at a point where he's been bypassed in terms of overall kind of technical ability, I guess, uh, against a lot of our players. So you are right. We are probably going to find those moments of frustration with him. But you also need those players who are maybe A, a bit versatile and B, um, you know, you're going to get the energy, as you say, you know, yes. you're going to get the work rate and they're going to be important in certain situations. And we're still at a point where we're not completely past saying that that isn't, I guess, a necessary part of oh. of our football squad. Because, you know, we we look at obviously what's happened with Ben Sheaf and, um, and what we can't argue is that we've got enough uh, bodies in terms of actual people who can play centre midfield. People can talk all day about, you know, ability and, and everything yes. with those options, yeah. but we've certainly got enough people um, and we're going to need to rely on those people to come in and do a job at different points. And this is why I think it's going to be a bit of trial and error over the next couple of games. So I almost, you know, now having the replay against Sheffield Wednesday, we, we want to look at positives, obviously the opportunity to go through from the, uh, f from the tying and potentially have a, a bit of a route to not to overlook Maidstone, but a route to an FA Cup quarterfinal quarter is an exciting one in itself. But there's opportunity for us to get legs in a minute of people who it, it might still be quite an important factor for us over the next few weeks. Well, we need to keep everybody everybody sharp, like you say, you know, and he's, mm. he's got to use the squad. Robins has spoke for seasons when we've not had any depth about, you know, I need a squad, etc. So he's obviously using it and it felt like you obviously you wanted to give Jamie Allen um, a game, obviously, we'll just quickly talk over their their winner winning goal, and we were made to pay for obviously, and it's just typical. This goal is obviously a far harder chance than the two that we'd yeah. we'd squandered, and, and he bends it top right corner, and and that's it. And they didn't really feel. I don't know how you felt, Matt, but I I, I wasn't sat there going, they're knocking on the door, you know, mm. and and we're we're going to concede imminently. I honestly felt like we, we, we're going to win this still, or mm. you're a worst settle for a point, and then the guy just bends it in and. That, that again, this is those fine margins. You know, we have two glorious chances to get a second. This mm. guy has like a, I won't say a half chance, but like it requires a very decent strike, you know. Yeah. And it's, and it's in. And, and that when you see a few of the angles of it as well, I mean, you know, you can see it's obviously a fantastic strike from, from the main angle of, of, um, of, of the game. But also when you watch a couple of the kind of replays and the reverse angles and you watch, the, the whip and the bend and the lack of visibility, I guess, he's, he's kind of looking through one of our defenders. I, I forget who it is, but it is actually just a, a fantastic goal, to be honest with you. Technically, it's a fantastic strike and it's just one of those moments. You know, as frustrating as it as it is, there's it, it is just one of those moments, right? You know, there's not really much you can account for. And um, I agree with you in terms of the nature of the game. It didn't feel like they were knocking on the door, but it also... It just feels like we are one of those sides where it doesn't matter when it happens. If we go down to ten men, it's well. The script it's, was written, wasn't good. it? it, 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 it everything almost from the moment they equalised, but then the red card. Yeah. I was like, "This yeah. is what I was talking about." The whole like Norwich away thing. Like I was just like, "This is, is it, we are going to lose." And even when yeah. we had that chance with Palmer, I was thinking, "Go on." And then we missed it. I was like, 
this is this is what's going to happen. We're going to end up yeah. losing this game by hook or by crook because mm. this is the narrative. This is the script when we play Norwich away that we'll, mm. we'll lose. Whereas I feel like if we play someone else, you know, another day, you know, it might be different. But it did feel inevitable, even though mm. inevitable rather than sort of predictable, you know, in terms of mm. like that it was going to happen. But it was it was what it was. Uh, I don't know if you saw the footage, but literally, I mean, people you know slate us thinking that you know saying that we're treating games like cup finals well let me tell you norwich's whole squad in a line arms yeah. in the air it's like they'd won won the league i can't yeah. believe what and i was watching. celebrating on the i think this is why robbins was saying about the fact of no handshakes after the game but i think you know you watch uh Dagner go onto the pitch and he's going up to our players and i don't think there was any kind of ill will or anything like that it's just because he took so bloody long congratulating everybody on their bench after, you know, what appears yeah. to have been a massive win for them I, I, that he doesn't get to Robbins before Robbins is probably gone. So I don't think it was, you know, any particular thing on his part of why he, he you know, he's sending a message or anything like that. It's just, they were taking ages celebrating and then they go on the pitches, you say, all lined up and to the crowd and, and everything else. That was, it was something to, to, to watch, wasn't it? Because you're thinking, yeah, this is, bizarre, this is big for them. This is a Premier League team a couple of years ago, and beating us at home was apparently a, a massive, well, massive result. It was. I mean, I've never understood that. I've seen other managers do it when their first port call is to go to every single mm. soul on their bench. I'm like, you're going to yeah. see them in a minute. Like, yeah. just just go over, show. You. I mean, it was first. Robbins was yeah was um was obviously very very frustrated. Uh, and obviously the other thing to come out from his press conference and his post match comments was. The confirmation that Ben Sheaf is going to be out six to eight weeks. Uh, I mean, I'm not that surprised. I had a feeling, mm. you know, as soon as I saw him hold it, muscle injury, um, hamstring, that, yeah. that he was in trouble. But, you know, just a quick word on him. It is going to be a blow, mainly because of how well he's been playing. Um, mm. Like you said, we've got the bodies, numbers-wise, mm. but he he's obviously been playing, you know, in really great form. My only frustration, frustration with Ben Sheaf is he does seem to get two injuries a season. I mean, he doesn't mm. really can't seem to play more than like 30 games. And mm. it's just a shame that he had one at the start of this year, didn't he? And then again, yeah. and he'll probably come back in six, eight weeks time. And then he'll probably be really good again to the end of the season. And hopefully he is, but it's, yeah, it's, it's a bit of blow for him personally, but also for us because of the form he was showing. Yeah, absolutely. We're not, we're not going to direct replace Ben Sheaf. You know, he is the linchpin for, for our midfields. Um, what we're going to have to do is obviously lean into the options that we have and lean into maybe some of the ways that we can turn it into an advantage. So, like we say, with with talk going in, it's probably going to promote him to to start games a little bit quicker than maybe was the plan. Um, and he's shown obviously the abilities that he he does have. There's certain things on a football pitch that that Victor Talk will do better than Ben Sheaf. You know, there are also things that he won't do as well as Ben Sheaf. That's just the the, but that's why his partner is crucial, isn't it? Whether it's Lafabodier, yeah. whether it's Eccles, whether it's Allen, they yeah, you know, they need to do, you know, Ben Sheaf's role. Because like you said, Torp clearly brings a more natural sort of attacking sort of mm. flair than say Ben Sheaf naturally does. Uh, yeah. but we've got to partner him up and that that's probably going to be the key. Um mm. but hopefully he can get back fit because obviously it will be then a crucial point, won't it, in our season when he comes back. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean you obviously have a couple of results which maybe haven't gone the way people wanted or expected. And, and now with this injury, you combine it with maybe people thinking we were going to bring two or three players in in the 
latter stage of the window that hasn't happened and all of a sudden everybody was dead set it was playoffs and now everybody's dead set it's, it's not happening for me obviously Ben Sheaf is a is a massive loss for us you have to look at let's say the next six weeks um from here and there's some big games in there but there's still some more than winnable games it's not the worst stretch of games for us where you say we can't you know pick a, a number of potential victories in there even without Ben Sheaf and you're kind of thinking you know what if you can keep yourself in and amongst that playoff area come four five six weeks time and he's potentially coming back then it'll be really interesting so um but yeah that i, I think this is the point that that, that that i was making you know who goes alongside potentially or hopefully top in center midfield who's able to offer that discipline maybe the best alongside him it's going to be um it, that, that there's going to be a bit of trial and error with that and, and hopefully we can find that combination where we can hopefully lean into the advantages that talk gives us and maybe minimize the, the disadvantages of losing Ben Sheaf. And that's it. And that's Mark Robbins, obviously his, his job to find that, that balance that can you know, continue a, a new unbeaten run, hopefully for us. Um, mm. Well, let's draw the Norwich game to a conclusion. I'll just take a man of the match from you, Matt. Yeah. I mean, I will go for top. Um, Really exciting player, um, potentially going to get more of an opportunity earlier than, than there might have been the plan. And I think there's a lot of excitement around that as well. So, you know, taking the positives from the game and from our current situation, I think he's the one that, that potentially stands out above the rest. So I'd, I'd, uh, I'd lean to him. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. The Sky Blues are back in action on Tuesday night, uh, back for the third and uh, in the trilogy of uh, quickfire games uh, against Sheffield. Fourth, Wednesday. really? Well, fourth, really, yeah, because like I say Boxing Day, wasn't it? So yeah. they've all been very, very, uh, very sort of you know, compact. But in this, obviously, you know, three games in what, yeah, four weeks, whatever it was, um, a huge opportunity. Uh, you know, I think Mark Robbins' comments even prior to Norwich, he clearly sees this as an opportunity. Clearly, Doug King and all of us, I think, in, you know, see this as a massive opportunity to get through, as you touched on, you know, earlier on, to potentially a quarterfinal of an FA Cup because we've had the draw. We know we're going to be at home against the lowest ranked team left in the competition, you know, conference sort of uh, south. Um, so, so, like, it's a massive, it's a humongous opportunity in it. It's sort of fear. I don't. I don't know which way fate's going to go. Either we're going to me- mess up the opportunity, or we'll end up messing up against Maidstone. <laughs> one of one of the two things. But it is it is a massive game. I'm not sure Sheffield Wednesday probably 
I think when the draw happened in the in the game against Hillsborough, I think there was a collective thing of like, that is the last thing either mm. team wanted. I mean, a friend of mine is a Sheffield Wednesday fan and he genuinely messaged me saying, I want you to score a last minute winner. I don't want <laughs> to draw. Um, and obviously the Jamie Allen hit, hit it straight at the goalie, you know. Yeah. But big game, Matt. Big, big game. Yeah. And yeah, it, it's, it is a massive opportunity, isn't it? Yeah. And I think, again, you know, there might be situations which you don't plan for and might not be the most ideal, but you've got to look at where the opportunities come from that. I think with us at the minute, the opportunity in a game like this is we we have enough strength in depth to be able to rest certain players without standards dropping significantly. We can't wholesale drop our you know first 11 and completely bring another team in and not drop the standards. But I think you can rest three, four players, maybe even four or five. Um, and not let the standards drop too much. Plus, I think there are players in our team, as we touched on earlier on, who maybe need some more minutes in the leg in their legs moving forward into what will be an important, uh, obviously, final half of the season. So, um, you know, let's look at it as an opportunity. We know it's a massive opportunity in terms of where we can progress in the competition, but also maybe an opportunity for for game time and confidence. You look at the likes of Sims, who. We've all talked about a run of games. You know, he's obviously started at Norwich. This should, you would imagine, be another opportunity for him to start. Hadji Wright, as we've talked about, maybe needs to get uh, a little bit more time on the pitch and move a bit further away from his rustiness. You know, as you quite rightly mentioned earlier on, looked quite rusty against Bristol City and markedly better against Norwich. And hopefully that will continue the more game time opportunity that he has. Torp again, I think there's an opportunity with him. Um, and then there's probably, you know, three or four who really jump out at me as, as maybe needing a rest. And there's an opportunity to do that without massively letting the standard drop. So maybe Sakamoto um, might need a little bit of a rest. Maybe Milan as well. There might be an opportunity to give him a little bit of a rest because obviously he does a lot on that right hand side. Um, but yeah, there, there's certainly enough in this game to say, whilst it might have been more ideal to have gone straight through and um, and and you know not had another game to worry about, I think we there's plenty of ways that we can turn it into a positive. Aside from obviously the massive opportunity in terms of progression in the cup. Exactly, exactly that. And obviously, you know, we've played Sheffield Wednesday so many times. It feels like we, you know, we've all become very accustomed to them, and we know their threats and. Um, we know they're danger players and, you know, it's, they're a side who, you know, I mean, they got thumped on the weekend um, yeah. against Huddersfield in, in a huge, huge sort of relegation six pointer, really. It's suddenly after their little mini revival, um, looking, suddenly looking at rather bleak for them in the championship. Mm. And obviously, you know, they've got this midweek trip, you know, down from Sheffield to Coventry. And then they've got a, uh, obviously a weekend fixture, you know, following that, um, you know, and you sort of look at it and obviously they're going to see it as an opportunity because they'll know that they would have Maidstone in the next round. Yeah. What are you expecting from them? I mean, is it going to be pretty much more of the same, you know, from the games at Hillsborough? Obviously this one, we're at home again. Um, yeah. What, yeah, what are you expecting from them? Maybe team-wise, yeah. you know, do you expect them to play similar youth plays? Because they played that very young goalkeeper, didn't they, in the in the sort of, first leg of this uh, fourth round tie. Do you expect yeah. that? Um, I, I mean, I'm not too sure on the situation with the keeper. I know that was based on some injuries. So right. um, I, I, I would expect they'll play a relatively strong side. Um, I think they'll see it as an opportunity. I think their manager will be quite keen for a, 
a feel good factor after a really quite poor, um, as you say, quite a horrific. I think was it, they conceded four goals in like four minutes or something yeah, crazy. Half, yeah, um, so and that was obviously a massive game for them, as you as you say, against Huddersfield. So I think their manager will be quite keen for bit of a, a good news story and if they can obviously win this game and then go on to you would imagine play and beat Maidstone and get to an FA Cup quarterfinal there's a few things he can hang his hat on there you know he came in with them in quite a desperate situation if he was to see them end up you know relegated I don't know that anybody could massively blame him but could say well you know maybe we made a bit of progress we got to a cup quarterfinal it's well not, yeah it's not a horrific situation I would imagine they'll play a relatively strong side they've got a few interesting situations with um some of their i guess better performers this season windass i think's been injured didn't play at the weekend marvin johnson didn't play at the weekend so when he plays he seems to score goals for them he he does seem like a a good player i mean the interesting thing which i've just seen is that sheffield wednesday play on friday Mm. this week right okay yeah uh, obviously, we don't play until the Sunday. So the, the Sunday yeah. they're, they're playing Friday night at home to Birmingham, which is mm. again a massive home game for them. And you suddenly look at it and go, well, you know, suddenly from Tuesday to Friday, that's quite mm. a tight turnaround following the game that we've just had. I agree. I think they will go fairly, fairly strong, but they're going to have one eye on that game because they are fighting for their lives. It's a different sort of pressure to what we've got. You know, in the worst case scenario, we just don't finish in the playoffs, do we? You know, it, it's sort of. Yeah. We, yeah, it's a bit to... more do and die for them. I think when you've got the the niggling injuries, like I say, with the I don't know how I know Windus and, and Johnson didn't play. At Would the you weekend. risk them? I guess that's the thing. You when you've got that's the game the on point. Friday. Yeah, I think if everything being equal, they had the opportunity. You know, with with players who aren't maybe touch and go, then they'd probably go a bit stronger. But it mm-hmm. might be a case of if if Windus, you know, is in a situation where you could play him, but you're then risking his ability to to turn around ready to go with three or four days later, then that might be a reason to say no. I know Bannon as well. I think he was, uh, he came off against Watford and then he was able to play at the weekend, but um, that might be another one again, where they say, well, do we want to prioritize obviously the league and, and Birmingham versus if we play him at, at Coventry, we, we, we might be risking him. So whilst I would imagine they would want to go relatively strong, it might be that there's a few hard decisions for them to make yes. on that front, especially with a, the injuries and B the fact as you, as you say, they're playing a couple of days. They've got to manage well. their, got to manage their squad. I mean, mm. looking at us, then the team, you, you sort of briefly touched on it. Who would you expect? I mean, you'd imagine, I guess, Ben Wilson will come back in between the sticks. Louis Binks, yeah. obviously, he would have played anyway. Um, yeah. So in a way, Kitchen only is going to miss one game because Kitchen yeah. wasn't going to play in this game anyway because Binks has, you know, been playing. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I feel like, obviously, I, I think Bobby Thomas will keep his place. I think it'll yeah. be Binks and Thomas. I'd imagine De Silva will probably come in at mm-hmm. left back. I don't think Bidwell had his greatest game against Norwich. Didn't really talk about no. that. I thought he gave the ball away quite a bit. And then right back, I, I think you could be onto something, uh, Matt. I think mm-hmm. I think he might rest Mane back and I th- could see Latabodier playing yeah. right back. I don't know what you what you think to, yeah, to that. No, that's, that I, it's exact same back yeah. for me. And then that's, think that's midfield, I, I think he probably is going to go taught. I think he will start him and then mm-hmm. maybe, maybe he'll bring Eccles back in. You know, he's sort of, you know, hopefully he'll be a bit fresher. And then the interesting thing would be, I think he will play. It's difficult because Palmer, I think Palmer's going to start the way he came mm. on against Norwich and looked very, very yeah. good. It's whether does he start? I mean, the thing I'm interested by is, and I'll get your thoughts on it, the, the, the attack really. Because like you said, Sakamoto could be rested. 
I sort of feel like he obviously got O'Hare. Could Wright play down the middle? Could he could he bring Godden back in? Does Sims get another mm. start? Where, where where are you at in terms of that front four then? The cam and then the, the left and right and the striker. Who do you where do you what's your your sort of gut say about what Mark Robbins would do? I think you've got to give Sims another another go, right? Yeah. You know, I think obviously the fact that he's started him against Norwich would signify he maybe agrees with the fans who have been quite vocal in saying he needed more of an opportunity. Um, and I think just kind of one away game at Norwich isn't enough. You know, you need to give him a run of games and an FA Cup game, which is more an opportunity than maybe do or die, is is an, another opportunity to do that against a defence that aren't particularly great. There's possibly, hopefully, an opportunity for him to build his confidence with another goal. So I would expect him to, I would be really surprised if he came out. Um, I would expect Wright to play because I think he needs to get more more minutes back in his legs and kind of move away from the the rustiness i kind of feel like the bigger question for me might be what happens at um the the camp position but i i think he's ultimately going to go with o'hare and i think it might be sakamoto who comes out for um for palmer because as you say palmer looked lively when he came on um i i think and more than anything the opportunity to give sakamoto a bit of a rest obviously his feedback after the game was you know he'd taken a few bumps and bruises and um and he might want to protect him a little bit obviously he's playing a lot of minutes so I, I, that's where i would see the the front four but again we never really know with robbins you wouldn't be surprised he, if it was he likes a little kerbal you know he, <laughs> he does like a little kerbal maybe it'll be interesting to see I, I, it's because obviously there is the prospect of extra time and penalties is there extra mm -hmm. time there is extra time. Uh, yeah, I believe I so. so. Yeah, yeah. So extra time yeah. and, and penalties. So hopefully it doesn't go go, <laughs> go all the way to that. I'm not sure I can watch another penalty shoot out after <laughs> Wembley, to be honest. So, uh, but no, we we should have enough if we you know perform to the levels to to, to get through. Really, shouldn't we? Um, yeah. What's, yeah, you'd imagine so. Yeah, and hopefully a decent crowd as well. Um, mm. I think people. I think after the draw. I think as long as it wasn't like another championship team, I think if it had been a big, big team or yeah. who we got, Maidstone, I think people people see it as an opportunity. Either it was going to be an opportunity to play Liverpool and Man City or play Maidstone and then get through that. I mean, you can't ask for a better opportunity, but we'll cross that bridge, hopefully, when we get to it and we're not <laughs> sort of ruining a missed opportunity. But I will round up this section, Matt, getting your prediction uh, for the game. Yeah, I I just think we're even with the potential of making what would be six plus changes. I just think we're a better team than them, even if they go with their strongest team. So I I think it will be an enjoyable after, or evening for us. I, I'm going to go for a three-one win. Um, I, I I think it'll be relatively comfortable. I might come to to buy my words with this one, but um, I just think they're not a very good team to be honest with you. Um, and I I just think even with changes we're comfortably better and i'd like it to be an opportunity for some players as well who aren't starting regularly but or probably still a, a a level where you can say they're better than sheffield wednesday not to be disrespectful to to maybe look at it as an opportunity to kind of further their claims to get more game time so yeah i'm i'm hoping for it to be an opportunity as well to to put i guess the the frustration of the defeat on Saturday behind us and, and obviously build that excitement, right? It's in itself beating Sheffield Wednesday. Maybe we would expect to do it, but then it's going to be right. Here we go. Fifth round of the Get cup, us back on track as well. Stone. Get us back on yeah, track. It, we need to get the game. 
it will, it will help build the, it's almost as if the excitement of the FA Cup is on pause because you've got to go through this game. But if we get through this game um, and then you're thinking you can really allow yourself to go right, Maidstone, look, we saw what they did against it, which fair enough, but I'm pretty confident we would uh, we we would win that game. And so again, I. I might I might pay for those words. But that's but... why that's why I'm concerned. Only more worried about Tuesday because that look that Ipswich Maidstone game is literally you play that a hundred times, ninety nine yeah. times Ipswich win that, and the one time yeah. it doesn't is what happened. I don't think Lightning strike twice in that way, and I just no. think at home with a huge yeah. crowd as we'd have, we'd get through. But we need to beat Chef Wednesday. You're going for a three one win, and I hope Matt that you are <laughs> right. Um, that's all we've got time for for this episode. Thank you as always, Sky Blue Army, um, for your support. Make sure you follow us at Sky Blues Extra and make sure you head on down uh, pre-match on Tuesday to Dylan's Brewery. As always, we'll be open. Lots of drink offers. Dallas Diner as well to get some nice grub before the FA Cup fourth round replay. Um, and that's all we've got time for. And hopefully a 3-1 win as Matt predicts. Play up Sky Blues. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra podcast. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.